You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Celeste, thank you so much for um, taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me today on the Beauty Debut podcast and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to do this with you today. Yeah, I was so excited to discover you and, you know, just to see all the success that you've had. And, you know, before we get into, you know, all your success and what you're currently doing, I would love to know how you got your start in beauty. I was coming out to LA to do acting and modeling like a lot of us out here are, but I quickly realized that your shelf life at the age of 24 is not that long. So, you know, as I was just getting into the industry, I was realizing, wow, I should really have a backup plan just in case. And I guess I had always just been that like girlfriend that always loved popping pimples of their boyfriends or like, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. So I was like, I think I really want to try like esthetician school. So that's, that's kind of where it started. That was, it was my backup plan. It was your backup plan. Yes. Everybody comes I'm sure to Hollywood, to LA, um, to make it big in the movies and in modeling. But, you know, even with all your good looks, it does help you succeed in the beauty industry, regardless of what anyone else says. Looks do matter. Don't you agree? Um, I definitely agree out here in LA. It's, um, it's an interesting world. So, and it, and it does kind of go off of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, you got to work with what you got and you got yeah. it. All, so that's good. Yeah. And okay. So you went to school a little bit later than maybe some other people have um, for yeah. beauty. And when you, you know, completed your, your training and your certificate in your certification, I guess I should say, what was your first job? Like, did you know straight away that you wanted to work on your own or did you kind of go more of the corporate route? Did you work med spa? Like, how did you navigate that? So I knew um, in school already that I wanted to work more medical. Um, but before getting there, you have to realize that a lot of people won't take you on without anything on your resume. So there was a girl in my class that she was taking like the extended class. So she was already licensed and she already had her own, she already had her own space. And she was looking for someone to just take like her group on clients. So Mm -hmm. it was actually on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And it was this little hole in the wall nail salon. And it was a room in the back of the nail salon. And that's where I started taking clients until I, I, uh, I went on Craigslist and I was looking at every job description that I could find for estheticians in plastic surgeons offices. 
And I reached out to every single one of them and I was like, I'll work for free. I just want a foot in the door. I'll help with whatever, like just give me a chance. And so while I was working at that little place in the nail salon on days that I had off or when I had free time, I would go and work in the plastic surgeon's office. Plastic surgeon finally gave me a chance and let me come in. Wow. (laughs) That is awesome though. I mean, that just shows like your drive and your passion for really wanting to you know, make it happen, right? You, you worked really hard. I mean, that's not easy to work, you know, your full-time job and then on days off or whenever there was the opportunity to go and work for free. That's. Oh yeah. I was, um, I was determined to get into a plastic surgeon's office, whether they liked it or not. (laughs) Yeah. And there's certain, certain markets I would imagine in aesthetics, you know, depending what part of the country you live. And I would imagine LA probably being the, one of the most competitive areas for estheticians to find jobs. I mean, there's probably a dime a dozen, right? So many estheticians to choose. Oh yeah. And oh so yeah, I remember. You, yeah, how did you navigate through all that competition? Because there's a lot. There is a lot. Um, I'm just trying to think of. Uh, I literally, it was Craigslist at that time. I remember that there was a program through the school that I went to, which was Marinello, which is now closed. But I remember that they did have like some type of program or someone that would help you try to find a job. But it didn't really work for me. It was a lot about going out and doing my own footwork. So yeah, yeah. you gotta, you gotta pay your dues in the beginning, yeah. no matter yeah. where you start from. Right. You really uh, do. And, and then like, you know, I can't picture you working in that little nail salon, like way in the back, <laughs> um, you know, seeing where you are now, but you know what, that really shows that everybody starts somewhere and it's okay to start somewhere that may not be your dream job. But the point is, is to get that experience. You know what? It was actually a really great experience because I was really focused on being very medical, but being in that little nail salon and just um, getting a lot of the Groupon type clients, it was a lot of people who wanted deals or, um, you know, people that were working all day long and they just needed a, a stress release. And I would get those clients that they were so like negative or just like so stress bent up when they would come in. And they were just in such a bad mood. And then by the time that they would leave, they were just like butter, like melting through your hands. And they were just like so thankful for the time that you had given them. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really interesting experience because I got to see both sides, you know, like that was more fluffy of a, of a treatment that I was doing than, Mm -hmm. I mean, I still try to make my treatments relaxing now, but it just was two different type of um, ways of working, you know? And then working in the plastic surgeon arena, was it everything that you thought it would be? Or did you kind of see things that you didn't like? Or was it everything that you did love? Uh, it was everything I did love. <laughs> um, <laughs> all, of our, all of our trainings and things that you just get to learn. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things outside of our scope that you just get to learn and see how they're working. Like it gave me a lot of chances to see behind the scenes of surgeries and working in the OR with the doctor, like, you know, like just, I kind of offered my services as far as like social media too. So I got to really be in the surgery, like in the OR with the doctors, like filming stuff. So I got to see a lot more than just, just doing facials in a plastic surgeon's office. 
Yeah, I, I know that you, you, you are really good at social media. You're very good at marketing. Did that just come naturally to you or you think it's just your generation or was it something that you actually took classes in? I just really enjoyed doing it. And once I saw that if I kept up on it, that it was growing and people were reaching out based on what I was posting, I think it was just like something that I'm passionate about because I know some people just really don't like getting into the social media world, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of work. That's also a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People used to always ask me like, who's doing your social media? And I'm like, I am. And they were like, how are you doing that? Plus being in the treatment room all day long. And I'm like, I don't know. I always somehow just like find time to do it because I actually did like doing it. Yeah. It is fun. It's another creative outlet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that you and I initially talked about, and I'm so grateful that you decided to do the podcast today is because something that's really important to me on my podcast is to shine a light on Latina owned businesses, Latinas succeeding in beauty and Latina um, beauty brands. You know, that's something I definitely want to make sure is a big part of my podcast. And uh, meeting you was really, really um, awesome for me because I was so glad to um, have you on as a guest. But, you know, being Latina in the beauty industry and in the world in general, as you were, let's say even like when you were kind of coming up with, you know, wanting to be an actress or model, and then eventually working in the beauty industry, did you ever experience any racism, any stereotyping? Because I think as Latinas, sometimes, you know, we are kind of stereotyped. People automatically assume like we're spicy and we're hot <laughs> Oh yeah, sexy, you know, and it's like, <laughs> not always. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't say per se that I found that I found that there was racism in the industry. I think like growing up, I definitely had um, some racial comments made, you know, when I was in like elementary school and stuff. And then, um, you know, I was as I was getting, you know, becoming an adult and um, you know, a couple of things here and there, nothing crazy. And, and like I said, nothing really in the industry, but, um, when I was naming my daughter, um, somebody had asked me if I was going to be giving her my last name or her father's last name. Cause we weren't together at that time. And I, I had said that I was going to give her my last name, which is Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And, the person that had made the comment had had said, well, you know, his last name is a quote unquote more white name and he would be, and your daughter would be more likely to get um, a job that way. And I just kind of like my Puerto Rican blood just started kind of going. And I was like, you know what? Like she is going to be just as driven as I am and anything that she's going to want in life, she's going to work her butt off for it. So I don't really think it matters what name I gave her, Mm. you know? So that was, that was one thing that really opened my eyes that people really did, you know, pay attention to what your ethnicity is, what your, what your name is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, you and I have in common that, you know, while we are Latinas, we don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I know, we're the worst. <laughs> and, um, you know, you kind of get it from both sides where other, you know, Hispanic, Latino people can kind of look down on you because you don't speak Spanish. And then yeah. 
on the other side, you know, Americans um, assume that you speak Spanish and you don't. And so it's kind of like you're caught between two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. We got to take those lessons. <laughs> I know. Dedicate this time off to learning Spanish. Um, yes. So let's move on then. So now you've, you've been working in the nail salon. You've been kind of, you know, building your experience there. You're gaining a lot of experience, it sounds like, working for plastic surgeons' offices. Did they eventually bring you on as a full-time esthetician at, at this plastic surgeon's office, or did you straight away just start your own practice? Um, no. Um, the first plastic surgeon that I worked with, um, I was – you know, I had said that I would work for free. So um, I noticed that I was doing a lot more like helping her program the internet and doing like random things around the office. And I was like, okay, this isn't really what I was hoping for. I mean, I did get to sit in on some like um, demos and things like that, which was really helpful. And honestly, like I had said, I just wanted some type of foot in the door. So I took it for, you know, what I could for as long as I could. I did it for about six months. And then um, I was like, okay, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I think it's time for me to move on. So with having that on my resume, more people were starting to look at my resume. So I got hired at Dr. John Diaz's office and I started working with him and it was a great opportunity. It was a great experience. And, um, and then I really started building. Oh, and that's when I started working at Dr. Modicky's office mm -hmm. and I was there for about five years and it was just a great experience. I mean, I, I feel like I grew so much in those five years um, at Modiki. And then I just started feeling like, okay, I, you know, girls had been reaching out to me asking if they could work under me, if I was going to be hiring people and that kind of stuff. So I really felt like that was the time that I needed to expand. And um, I loved my Modiki family, but it was just time for me to, to venture out. Yeah. So and you started your own practice at that point, right? So I had, yeah. So then that's when I kind of started my own thing. Um, I was working at a place called Bungalow 3 in Studio City, which I really loved because it was like a female empowered location. It was a bunch of different female owned businesses. But like I said, I still wanted to expand more. And what I was thinking in my head was opening a location in Beverly Hills because that was where when I was working at Modiki, it was like West Hollywood, Beverly Hills cusp. And I really liked that location. So I kept looking and um, my girlfriend and I opened a location in Beverly Hills, right in the triangle on Roxbury, which it's funny because it's two doors down from Dr. Diaz's office where I had worked like at the very beginning, like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting because it's like, full circle, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, so we opened um, last December. Yeah, we opened our own location last December and then wonderful COVID hit a couple months later. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so you finally opened your own business. Let's, let's kind of, we'll ignore COVID for now. Um, yeah. What was that like? I mean, did you, like, what do you wish you would have known then that, you know, you know now, or what's that process been like for you? Okay. So first 
and foremost, I feel like they should have a class on business out of high school. <laughs> like, I just feel like there isn't enough knowledge, you know, going, okay, it's like, hey, I have my passion. I'm really good at it. I have a great clientele. I'm going to start a business. And it sounds so easy. Thank goodness I have a very strong support system and team behind me, which I guess just always surrounding yourself with really smart and really amazing people have helped me and become the back end of my business, um, like guiding me as far as, you know, like, let's say business taxes and sales tax and all that stuff. And then also, you know, developing a pay structure, payroll, all that kind of stuff. It was a lot. And like, let me tell you, like, I always tell people this, I go, okay, there's a picture of me right before I started my own business, right before I left Monarchy, and my skin was the glowiest, <laughs> the most beautiful skin ever, right? And then you start a business and you're like, what the heck did I do? Because it's, it's so much stress and it's just on you, you know? Yeah. So your, your name's on the door. Your uh, name is on the door. And not only that, but you start, I guess it's kind of like the same thing as like, when you have a baby, you like go back and start thinking, thinking your mom for things that like you never <laughs> would have even thought of before. Right. It's the same thing as like every person you ever worked for before. You almost feel like going back to them and being like, I understand now. Like, I get it now. Yes, absolutely. And during all of this too, you're also branding yourself. So, you know, that's something that I think, you know, as you said, you know, kind of comes naturally to you with social media, but how yeah. did you begin to kind of quote unquote brand yourself? I mean, how did that evolve and what tips maybe can you give to others that I, I, I see a lot of estheticians and they have amazing Instagrams and they have great businesses, but there's not really like they're not really a brand yet. So what can you, what can you offer as far as advice? Um, I think one thing for me, and I, I know that when people come in, they love having something to take a picture of. And that automatically tells people that, that they came to see you. Mm -hmm. Well, mine was like this neon sign that said Celeste Rodriguez skincare mm -hmm. in the back. Like it, like right when you walked in it, you would see that at the beginning. I mean, that was even at Modiki. I kind of like started my branding there mm -hmm. and um, everyone would post that. And then I just did, I would do the hashtag skin by Celeste. People wouldn't even call me by my name anymore. It was, Hey, you're skin by Celeste. Hey, you're skin by Celeste. Like everywhere you go. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder if I'm ever going to get my real name back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, just things like that. I think Instagram is such a great uh, outlet to brand yourself, whether it be like the colors that you're using or what your Instagram looks like. People would just like know what, know that it's you just by looking at it or by seeing a picture and feeling a certain type of way because they just are like, oh, that's totally a Celeste thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, those are good tips. I love the idea about having a space where people can take a selfie or photograph themselves yeah. because that's the world we live in and that's really yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a, I'd say a pretty well-known celebrity esthetician. And does that like even sink into you? Do you ever, do you see yourself as like a celebrity esthetician or do you still see yourself as Celeste Rodriguez from Northern California? Honestly, I'm like the Northern Cal California girl, like all the way, because I didn't 
like, it sounds weird to me when people are like, wait, so you're like a, you know, you're like a really well-known like celebrity esthetician. Like it didn't really hit and it still doesn't. But like when I started doing, taking clients in New York, when I would go to New York, like people wanted to take pictures with me and they would drive like three, four hours to come and get a facial. And I'm like, this is insane. And then I started doing my master classes in Barbados and it was like, you're the celebrity. It Mm -hmm. felt so weird. I was like, okay, I don't want to ever be a celebrity. This is like, it's a very flattering thing. And I love, I love all the people that have like been so sweet and like, you know, I want to take a picture with you. I want to talk to you about like how I can, you know, do more things like what you're doing and stuff. Um, But it's a very interesting feeling to have. Yeah, it must be kind of like an out of body experience to have people kind of recognize you. And like you said, drive three hours just to say that they've seen you. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how you got to that point. So when did you kind of evolve into this? Did you, was it just word of mouth? Was it who you knew? Like how, how does one become, let's say a celebrity esthetician? I would say a lot of, uh, word of mouth, word of mouth is amazing. Also my Instagram, like when I did have, when I would see celebrities, um, I would always ask them like, how did you find me? And they would say, Oh, I found you on your Instagram. Or I know that we have mutual, uh, friends or so-and-so told me about you. And I was just like, wow, that's insane to me, especially if it was just the Instagram one, I was like, that's crazy to me that like celebrities are looking at my stuff and you're not even realizing it, you know? Mm, That's good. It's good to know. You just never know who's looking. You really, you really don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you worked on your first, you know, let's say big celebrity and then you you saw they were on your schedule or, you know, you you greet them and you're like, holy shit, that's so-and-so like, are you nervous? Do you feel super confident like it doesn't matter I mean I'm trying to kind of picture like what that feeling must be like (laughs) there's been a couple of um I gotta tell you about a couple of different things one of my first ones I had been working on a couple of of celebrity or celebrity clients and um one of them I had gotten a email from their assistant and I didn't really recognize the name because you know a lot of people use different names when they're making appointments and stuff and so um my client shows up and she's on the table and whatever and I'm like holy crap that's Eve like rough rider paw print Eve like what the heck like I was dying like I was dead because I was like oh my god I like grew up listening to I wanted to be like I know every word of every song you know um but I didn't want to be a creep um so I didn't but she is like the nicest person ever and what I really tried to do So like that one, I didn't know that she was even coming in. But if I know that somebody's coming in, I always try not to look at their social media and not to like stoke myself out. But one in one instance was my friend Dorian Renaud. uh, He called me one day and I just got home from the office. And this is when I was at Modicky. And he calls me and he goes, where are you? And I was like, I just got home. And he goes, well, you better get back to the office. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because Diddy wants a facial. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yes, yeah, so Diddy wants a facial at seven o'clock. And I'm like, okay. 
And I literally got off the phone with him and I had just gotten out of my work clothes, put my work clothes back on, get ready. And like the whole way to the office, I was like, I felt like I was going to pee my pants or something. I was like, <laughs> okay, we're good. Like, you're good. You're good at what you do. Just breathe. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was just, I was like, Diddy. It's like Diddy though. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. But you yeah. have to, I'm sure you probably at this point just have realized they're all just people when it yes. comes down to it. Right. They all have yes. their own, you know, insecurities, just like all the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I think I've calmed down a lot now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that when I'm going to go do their treatments that I'm, I'm a lot more calmer now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that was just a, I just remember that feeling for a couple of my first really big celebrities. I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to die. I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are, I, I would imagine you are like a little nervous, you know, just in the beginning until you kind of get to know them and things. Yeah. Going. Now, has there ever been a celebrity that you were so excited to be working on and then realized that they're just a shitty person <laughs> or like they're oh, not who you thought they'd be? I really honestly, like my clients have, everybody has been pretty amazing. Like I haven't had one person that I'm like, wow, that, that person just like, what a shithead. Like, I'm yeah. really sad that I met them and they were like that. You know, I think everybody's been really, everybody that I've had the pleasure of working with, it's been really nice. Well, then maybe you're blessed. Cause I, I know I have <laughs> friends that worked on celebrities that have worked here in Vegas, you know, on the, on the, in the resorts and have had, you know, to work on some celebrities and some of them are like really shitty tippers. Um, mm. and then, you know, some are just kind of very eccentric and just kind of bizarre. So maybe, maybe that's still going to come to you because you're still young yet. So let's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not, but no, I mean, honestly, like maybe it wasn't the celebrity clients, but I've definitely had times where I was like, I cannot believe that this just happened right now. I've definitely had some like really snooty people. It just wasn't like celebrities. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, yeah, you're in the heart of Beverly Hills. So I'm sure that's probably commonplace. There's going to be one or two in the yeah. group that'll be a little snooty and um, yeah. yeah, have an attitude. But what yeah. would be the most surprising thing? So, you know, I think a lot of other, maybe of your fellow estheticians, you know, might put celebrity estheticians up on a pedestal, right? Because it's like, wow, like they're doing this in their career. But what would surprise people the most about being a celebrity esthetician? It's probably not as glamorous as you think it is. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, I just did a house call not too long ago. And so I obviously I don't I don't have an assistant with me right now, because if I'm gonna do it and, you know, take that you know, just take that on, on me, you know, I still had to schlep all the machinery myself, you know, I was so freaking hot and sweaty. And, you know, you go into these places, sometimes if you've never met these people, and they've never met you too, you may have been a referral of somebody. So you're nobody to them, you know, yeah. So um, I really felt like a peasant. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I'm, I was like, it was really nice to meet you and like, whatever. And like, no response. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna let myself out. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, like, yes, we've worked so hard to get to where we are today. But there's definitely those moments that bring you right back down. You know, it's not as glamorous as you think. Yeah. Do you think within the aesthetic world, this question just came to my head. So I, I don't know. It's just a thought. Do you think there's like ranking? 
like you say, like estheticians, is there like a hierarchy you think? Like do med spa estheticians think they're better than maybe estheticians that work in a spa or do spa estheticians maybe think they're better than people that work at Massage Envy <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> do, you, do you think that there's that like underlying thing that we just don't talk about, but there is like a hierarchy? I mean, this industry, I mean, just from, I've been in it for 10 years and I feel like in the last, I would just say like two to three years, I feel like, I don't know if it's because it's so such a saturated industry, but damn, like <laughs> there, just in the last couple of years, I've noticed so much, you know, people thinking that they're better than others, people just talking. I, I'm really sad to see it like that. Like, why can't, there's room for everyone. I don't know. There's a lot going on in this industry. And I, and I do think that there is a lot of what you mentioned going on. And it's kind of yeah, sad. It's, supporting each other. They're, you know, right. Yeah. When you rise to the top, you know, like you are, you know, have risen to a, a really nice level in the industry and you, you have a great business, but I know that you're also willing to teach and help others. And I think that's so important when you get to a certain level that yeah. you find a way to mentor and help others to get to that level too. And like you said, there's plenty of space for everybody. Yeah. I mean, if, if, somebody would have been able, if somebody would have like given me some help back in, you know, when I first started, I would have been so appreciative of that. And I think that that's why now I want to help people as much as I can. Sometimes I overpack my schedule. So, and I have a three-year-old, so my schedule is a little crazy, but as much as I can help somebody, I totally will because I know we all started somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it is really important to remember where you started. Yeah. Uh, not take things for granted, you know, just like anything else. I mean, we all kind of learned with COVID that things yeah. very easily be taken away. Oh my goodness, yeah. Don't want to take, you know, what you have um, for granted by any means. And speaking of COVID, you are really smart because you are licensed in um, a couple of different states. So even, even while, um, let's say, LA was closed down, you were technically able to work in other states. I know you also come to Vegas to practice yeah. aesthetics. So that is really smart. And I'm, I would imagine that you would recommend that to other estheticians. Honestly, I mean, I had never done it because, I mean, something like COVID had happened because nothing had happened like COVID before, but I'm very happy that I did. And that was just a goal of mine to like one year I was like, okay, I'm going to set a goal to I'm going to have a place that I pop up in Vegas. I'm going to have a place that I pop up in New York. I'm going to have a place that I pop up in Atlanta. That's the only one I didn't get to Atlanta. I'm still coming, but, um, but I didn't get there yet, but I have applied for a couple of other States too, just because you just never know. But um, I think it would be smart uh, to apply for a couple of other States surrounding your area that you're in just because you just never know. And what if you like, want to move somewhere one day or maybe you just want to venture out and see how the industry is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great to have those different experiences because you don't want to just say trapped in your little bubble. Yeah, you know, obviously you you've realized I'm sure you know not everything is Beverly Hills. There's different types of vibes in different parts of the country. 
Oh, different types of skin issues, different types of, I mean, like the climate from just from Vegas to here, like I see completely different skin issues there than I do here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So with your successful business, I do want to kind of pin you down and get three tips for success in having your own skincare practice. What would be your, your advice to others? For starting your own? Yeah, or- just having your own business. Um, be emotionally stable, be financially stable and build a solid team and build your business solid from the ground up mm-hmm. because when you, I feel like I did it ass backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was like, cool, here's the business. I got my estheticians. And then I had people come in and they were like, Celeste, you haven't done this, this, and this. And I'm like working backwards now to like catch up with my business. So I would really look into a business plan. I would do your research about starting a business, the costs of starting a business, um, and just make sure that you are ready and prepared to take on all the emotions because if you're starting a business and, and if you decide to venture out of just being you yourself and you're going to bring on employees, you are not only just taking on your own emotions anymore. You are taking on energy from all these other people outside of the clients that you're taking yourself. And sometimes it can be like super draining. It can be, I felt like, okay, I have one kid at home but now I feel like I'm responsible for all these other people too. And it's just been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's rewarding. I'm sure. But there is, there is that stress because these people look to you, you know, for their livelihood and your name's on the door. So you're the, yeah, that's why at the beginning of um, the first quarantine, I was the most stressed out person. I mean, I literally had never seen my skin look the way that it did because of the stress, like, I don't know what I was doing to myself, but I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And I was like thinking about, I mean, obviously this is terrible for everybody, but I was just thinking about like, these are my girls who work for me. This is their livelihood as well. And you don't know how somebody has prepared their life. You don't know if they're living paycheck to paycheck. You don't know if they've saved, you don't know. So these were just all the things that I was like, letting flow through my brain and I was just like freaking out because I was like Celeste it's not just you it's everybody that works with you too yeah yeah it's a heavy it's a heavy weight to bear um especially during you know this unexpected pandemic that we've encountered Um, and you did mention your skin a little bit so let's talk about (laughs) your skin and skin in general so what are your what's like what's your most popular treatment so if people want to come to Celeste Rodriguez Skincare, what will they more than likely get? Or what, what would you recommend? So I think that we're really known for um, the fact that we have uh, hydrofacial machines, mm-hmm. um, but we have created specific treatments to go along with that, which our 3030 is hydrofacial and microcurrent. So a lot of our celebrity clients that are just looking for that quick glow and nice uplift um, tone and tightening, um, right before they have something big, that's a really popular one. And then also the works is really pos- um, really popular too, which is, um, you get your hydro infusion, you get your jelly mask, led light therapy, 
you get uh, microcurrent as well. So that one's basically like you're getting a little bit of everything um, and you just feel amazing afterwards. And how long is that treatment? Is that 60 minutes? Is it? Um, that's a 90 minute treatment. Oh, that sounds like heaven. Yeah, that it's amazing. That <laughs> great. And when do you decide that you're going to bring in a new modality or new treatments? I know your business, you know, is, is fairly new and you got hit by COVID, but just in general, just with your, you know, experience, when do you think that's like, how do you research other brands or when do you know that you want to add something? As a treatment provider, I, I start to feel complacent in like doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, okay. I got to switch it up. We need to bring in something new. Let's bring in some new cool treatment or some new modality or something like that. Um, you know, I try to keep things fresh so that even like our clients that come every single month, you know, whether it be like adding some new like roller, you know, little tool or just something different to just kind of spice things up, you know? Um, I don't think there's really any like certain time. I don't like do like every three months or something. It's just like kind of when something comes to me, I'm just like, or I'll fill out the girls and be like, how do you feel about bringing, you know, this in or whatever? Yeah. And how do you deal with vendors? You know, vendors coming in, you know, schlepping their skincare products and, you know, trying to get their products, you know, you know, get your attention with it. Um, do you, are you, you know, kind of really committed to the brands that you currently carry or are you kind of always open to hearing about something new or is there just not enough time in a day to do that? I'm definitely always up open to hearing about something new. I don't usually have a whole lot of time when I am doing treatments, you know, mm -hmm. X amount of hours a day. Um, but you know, I also am very loyal to the brands that I do have because I know that they, they work, they're tried and true. Um, but I'm always open to hearing about new treatments and like over quarantine, I've been looking into several different new things to bring in just to like spice things up when we open back. Yeah. Open with the bang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with, with that, what three skincare products would you have to have if you were stranded on a desert island like what what would you be this is just such a hard one i know, uh, I know. <laughs> okay so it would definitely be my is clinical cleansing complex my sunscreen for sure which my favorite is the neova silk sheer 2.0 and then like okay my two that i'm like bouncing between is either my pro heal which is my saving grace or my moisturizer but if i have to pick one i think it would be my pro heal probably no what is pro heal is that also by um is clinical oh, yeah. or is that yeah uh -huh. pro heal is by is clinical mm -hmm. um it's a vitamin c serum but it's for people who have like redder undertones in their skin and it also helps with your cystic breakouts oh okay did you suffer but with with breakouts was that a concern that you had Girl, I mean, <laughs> um, oh, like with any type of stress, I'm just like prone to cystic breakouts. So um, that's why my Pro Heal is like my lifesaver because it's anti-inflammatory. Oh, okay. Now, speaking of skincare, and I know you love your um, Is Clinical, but mm -hmm. have you ever 
do you think in the future you're going to develop your own brand, Celeste Rodriguez Skincare? Yes, it's actually something that I am in the works right now. So I don't, I think I just want to do like a couple of products just to start um, before doing like a full blown line. But I would say 2021 is the year that you're going to see something coming out from, from Celeste Rodriguez Skincare. That's amazing. And then what about your future of your brand? Do you want to expand? Do you plan to have Celeste Rodriguez skincare clinics in many states, growing your team? Like what's your, what's your ultimate vision for your, your skincare? So I think pre-COVID, I wanted to take over the world. Okay. Um, but um, after COVID, I have had some time to rethink some things. So I think I'm probably going to scale back um, a little bit. I might still do a couple of different locations in a couple places, but keep it on a smaller scale um, and really start to do some um, classes. I'm also doing another master class in Barbados in 2021. Um, and I think I want to start doing a lot more um, speaking events, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I think you have a lot to offer and teaching um, how to successfully, you know, brand yourself and, and make it work. And I think that's great that you could leverage your career and, you know, kind of travel around the US and other 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 places as well to teach and to really mentor other people. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's been really, it's been a very fun ride. I mean, even with COVID happening, it's just, you know, you finally get to sit back and kind of like look at what you've created. And um, it's been a fun run and I'm excited to see what's uh, in the future. Yeah. I think COVID is, you know, definitely taught a lot of us just to kind of sit back, like you said, to really kind of appreciate what you have. And, you know, it's great to, to think big and to have big plans, but it's also important to appreciate the little things. And I think yeah. hopefully that's what a lot of people have taken away from this unexpected time off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Celeste, it's been great um, kind of hearing your, your story. I've really enjoyed all of your tips. I think that um, it's, it's just been, it's been great talking with you and kind of seeing, you know, what it's like to be a celebrity esthetician. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking with you as well. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.